0: Coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef
1: Team Show. I've had a lot of women over the years say, I went to my doctor, I told them I felt hormonal. I don't know what that means. I just know something's wrong, so I'm blaming my hormones. And my doctor said to me, well, your hormones change every month. So thr- like right, it's a roller coaster. So they- it changes. So I'm not going to test you. Here's an antidepressant. Or I'm not going to test you what do you expect you've got two kids under the age of five and you're running a business you know i'm not going to test you like this is just what happens so try to get more sleep and and good luck and i just think all that's crap
0: welcome to the show from the The md MD and chef chef team. team i'm dr isabel medical doctor here at the MD and Chef team. And who are
1: you? I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team.
0: And what are we gonna talk about, babe? Now I can say that because he's my husband.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well then, we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy, we'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming
0: depression, anxiety, I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen,
1: and we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes,
0: I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh
1: Oh, yeah, we We like like
0: to to have have fun fun too, so let's get on with the show. Hi Carrie, how are you doing?
1: Wonderful, thank you so much for having me on. I am so blessed that you are here. Where are you coming to us from? Um, Rainy Portland, Oregon. I looked out the window today and I said, it's here, fall is here, it's pouring down rain. Is it cold or humid and warm? Or cold. Yeah, it's oh. cold. We're not oh, a very yeah. humid. The Pacific Northwest is not very humid. We can get hot, but not humid. Thank goodness. And you like living in that environment. Um, <laughs> I've been here 22 years. Uh, we are definitely looking to snowbird sooner rather than later. We've been checking out some sunnier locations because you, you can only handle the rain for so long.
0: Yeah. Like, like what kind 22 of years is a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. Like what kind of areas are you thinking about?
1: Well, we spent the entire month of April in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Two of my best friends live there. And so we stayed for the month to see, can we handle it? Can we handle the heat of Arizona? Do we like Arizona? And it was just fun to have a great community already built in. And so that's where we've been sort of looking. Cool.
0: Yeah. Sounds like yeah. fun. I'm all for adventures. You know, I moved to New Zealand when I was 40. So it's
1: okay <laughs> to
0: move and just share, spread your wings, Eagle, spread and your go, wings. And I go,
1: and go. I love that. New Zealand. I've been to New Zealand twice, but I've only been um, uh, just uh, in the capital because I was lecturing. I do, i do hormone education. And one of our distributors of course is there. And so yeah. every time they're like, we're, and they fly me out in their winter, which is, you know, conference season, right. because everyone's on holiday in the summer. So they're always like, we'll have to have you back and have you explore, you know, the islands and, and yeah. really do some tracks and stuff. I'm like, yeah, please. And then COVID hit. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes. But that it won't last forever. All pandemics yeah. end.
1: Yes, that is true. That is. Hallelujah. True. How about if I introduce you to our
0: listeners and share a little bit about your story and then we'll take a deep dive into this whole podcast? Yeah. Oh, yeah, please. Okay. Let's see. Dr. Carrie Jones is a naturopath doctor, is an internationally recognized speaker, consultant, and educator on the topic of women's health and hormones. Thank you so much for doing this work. (laughs) Dr. Jones graduated from the National University of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon, where she also completed a two-year residency in women's health, hormones, and endocrinology. And for those of you who are not familiar with endocrinology, it's just the medical term for studying hormones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Later, she graduated from Grand Grand Canyon University Master of Public Health program. Recently, Dr. Jones became board certified through the American Board of Naturopathic Endocrinology. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, She was adjunct faculty for many years teaching gynecology and advanced endocrinology and fertility. While in practice, Dr. Jones served as medical director for two large integrative clinics in Portland, Oregon. Now, most recently, she joined Lifestyle Matrix Resource Center as the clinical expert serving the SOS Stress Recovery Program and is the medical director of Precision Analyticals. Wow. Readers of the
1: Dutch test. (laughs)
0: Yes. Which we'll be talking about. Yes. Wow. You've got a very productive life.
1: All around hormones. I, I stick in my lane. I know what my lane is and that's what I focus on.
0: And that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So can you tell me, tell me your story? Like what started you to get interested in hormones?
1: I knew from a very young age that I wanted to become a doctor. I thought I wanted to do OBGYN, um, maybe pediatrics. And I grew up in the States. I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm not from there. I wasn't born there, but that's where I grew up. And so in the South, uh, sex ed was taught by the high school football coach, which you can imagine how well that went over. And as I got older and subsequently then found naturopathic medicine, I was just always drawn to hormones because as a woman and having lots of, you know, female friends, I would learn very cool things. And I would tell them, did you know, did you know, did you know, I didn't know this. Why didn't you, why didn't anyone tell me this? You know, and my friends, my mom, everyone's like, I didn't know that. Nobody taught me that, you know, we're just sort of winging it out here in female land. And I thought, okay, this is ridiculous. And I got into more and more about hormones because I found so many people don't understand them. So many people understand puberty. You know, we get taught how, maybe how to get pregnant or how to not get pregnant. And that's it. It's like, and your education is done. Good luck, you know, blessed be. And so many (laughs) struggle, right? They struggle in their twenties. You struggle in your thirties and it's different things. And then you hit your forties and it's a whole different world in your fifties. And I wish I had a, um, not long ago, I, I had somebody say, don't you wish like every 10 years, we had a, like a welcome to you at this decade. Yeah, like a, a webinar. We all like watched, an update. You know? Yeah. Like a conference. Yeah. We all went to like, <laughs> welcome to your forties. This is what's going to happen. You know? Hey, and, hey <laughs> that's not a bad idea. And I had wonderful patients. I'm I'm 44 now, but when I got into practice, I was in my late twenties. And so I'd have these wonderful patients who were like, you wait, kiddo. And sure enough, Sure enough. Every single one of them was was true. Everything from, you know, when you hit your forties, it's going to be tougher to sleep or whether it's around like where your weight distribution is or brain fog or how your periods change. And, um, I, and sure, you know, like it seems to be a very common thread and they were right. And it's, that's my, I feel like it's my job to help educate everyone on hormones because they're not crazy, but boy, we can feel it sometimes. Oh yeah, and you are, you are, and that's you know that's part of the mission
0: at Doctor on a Mission is teach the world about <laughs> yes. hormones. Um, I wanted to, gosh, like, where do I start with you because I've got so much to ask you. Um, I want to talk about something that's really dear to my heart, and that's um, anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And as you know, uh, in 2013, which is so, such a significant year because that's the year that. Dutch test started. That's the yes. year that you started. Yep. And yep. I was just reading that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is huge. Yeah. So in 2013, just a little bit about my story in 2013, I decided to give away medical practice, my private practice and start an online business. You know, I saw mm-hmm. Dr. Mark Hyman doing <laughs> what he was doing. I was like, oh, I can help heal the world before I die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know that feeling, right? Of course. Of course. I, and so I gave away private practice and started out. So in 2013, 2013, 2013, when Dutch tests started, I was a medical doctor, a wife, a mother, and a brand new medical entrepreneur online. Like we don't get taught this stuff in medical school, right? Not even a little bit. Yep. It's not even touched on. And then the first year was fine, you know, but then when 2014 came on board, I was then 15 and I didn't really understand that I was going through perimenopause. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was I started getting anxious. And when I get anxious, I do not sleep. Mm -hmm. And I ended up not sleeping any more than two to three hours for 17 nights straight. And Mm -hmm. by the end, you know, being trained as doctors, we're trained to just grind it out, go into beast mode. We're, we're okay on just a couple of hours of sleep. That is such a lie. Yep. And so by the end of the 17 nights, I tried to take my life twice in three days. And by the grace of God, that plan was stopped. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I was taken to the psychiatrist. And as a medical doctor going to a psychiatrist, that's like bad Mm doo-doo, you know, like you're really in bad, in a bad place. And here's what the psychiatrist said to me. He said, Isabel, I'm going to put you to sleep. And he did. He put me to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that he put me to sleep because there are some good, strong, powerful medicines to put you to sleep. Mm-hmm. And here's an antidepressant. You're going to be on it for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was totally obedient and surrendered to whatever I needed to do because I was in a bad place. Yeah, but of course. Deep, but deep down in my soul, I said, hmm, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's just the way I Sh- am. Sure. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I went on a five year journey and I learned about bioidentical hormones. And mm-hmm. that's what I want to share with, you know, I want to share with our listeners because I remember taking uh, the Institute of Functional Medicine two years after you guys opened up, mm-hmm. did an, an, a module on hormones. And one of the doctors was teaching us about bioidentical hormones, and she said that she had a friend who was doing everything she she could to take good care of herself. She was healthy, she was 54, she ate well, she was in, into yoga, exercising, but she committed suicide. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that was me." And mm-hmm. I just want to sh- make my mess into a message through your education mm-hmm. and just if you could share with us what do you know about anxiety and depression and women's health? and menopause and perimenopause and the whole thing.
1: Well, it's back to the original thing I said, where I feel like we need to get taught at the start of our decade, what's happening. That's a huge one. Cause I had a lot of women who were older than me that said, you wait, you wait, you are going to do everything right. You will change nothing. You won't change your diet. You won't change your eating. You won't like nothing will change in your life but everything will change suddenly you'll be 45 and you can't sleep suddenly you'll be 48 and you'll have bad anxiety suddenly you're fine you're depressed out of nowhere hypervigilant anger outbursts and i'm like why would i do that you know, like <laughs> are you i'm 32 like why would that c- girl please <laughs> you know and 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 now and now being 44 um you know the couple of days before my period starts when all my hormones go down uh I don't sleep. I know it's my, I know my period. It's a, it's a signal to me like, Hey, your period's coming, which is also concerning. Cause I know as I get more into perimenopause, um, that could get worse. Right. But our hormones, our, our cyclical hormones is, is females. We are on a roller coaster, but it's supposed to be a very set roller coaster. It's not supposed to change. So we go up and down and then up and down again. And then we get our period, and then we start the roller coaster over. And so, what happens though is we get into perimenopause, is the roller coaster changes, and it's like getting the rug swept out from under us. Because the roller coaster, which used to be very predictable, and we could we knew it was coming usually, and we had s- set symptoms. Um, now maybe we have loop-de-loops. You know, now maybe the hill is four times higher, therefore the drop is four times lower, and this this crazy roller coaster of hormones going up and down messes with our brain hormones. Our brain hormones are things like serotonin, which is what antidepressants work on. Um, GABA, which are what anti-anxieties work on. We have dopamine, which has a lot to do with our motivation or -hmm. desire. Um, We have glutamate, which is what we call excitatory, turns things on, but too much is toxic. And they absolutely react to our female hormones, estrogen and progesterone. And so as women start to go through perimenopause and the roller coaster shifts, they start to notice, especially, especially if they are already prone to low grade or even high grade anxiety and depression, I see it gets amplified. It's like a bullhorn gets put right up to them Mm. and the anxiety, which they thought they had under control or just hit, hit sometimes all of a sudden becomes a 10 out of 10, the depression that they thought they had pretty well under control, all of a sudden becomes a 10 out of 10 because of the effect of estrogen and progesterone on the brain. And so much like you, it's really important to me to tell, like to warn, right? To warn women, you're not crazy. You're, like there's things you can do. It's, it's, there's nothing you did. There's nothing you did. It is a, it is, um, it's not fair, but it's common. Uh, and it's perimenopause heading into, into menopause. I don't know who designed it. Uh, you know, like I would like to have a word with the, Originated <laughs> yeah. perimenopause, right? You and I have a few things to say to that person. Like, what were you thinking? I know, um, Right. Like the mood swings a lot, like besides, you know, there's this, there's a lot of women in hot flashes and the night sweats. And like, I walk into a room and I can't remember. And I used to be so sharp and I'm not sharp anymore. And, and I go from crying to angry and, you know, it's like, and, and, and my joints hurt and my, my vaginal dryness and like, what is this? And so, um, that, that is, that is perimenopause and it's real. And it's, and, and if your practitioner doesn't know about it or doesn't talk to you about it, find a new practitioner mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. is like in your case, it could be life-changing. So seek the help that you need.
0: That's right. And doctors, you know, as a medical doctor, we're just trained to, you know, do the harm, the blood test
1: or not, to, or not. That's the crazy or thing not to, to do me, it. right? Yeah. Like I have, i had a lot of, I've had a lot of women over the years say, I went to my doctor. I told them I felt hormonal. I don't know what that means. I just know something's wrong. So I'm blaming my hormones. And my doctor said to me, Well, your hormones change every month. So, like, right, it's a roller coaster. So it changes. So I'm not going to test you. Here's an antidepressant. Or I'm not going to test you. What do you expect? You've got two kids under the age of five and you're running a business. You know, I'm not going to test you. Like, this is just what happens. So try to get more sleep and, and good luck. And I just think all that's crap. So it is, it is. Yeah. It told, I mean, that's
0: what happened to me, you know, yeah. here's an yeah. antidepressant, you're depressed, take it, take some sleeping tablets. And that's all I got. And he didn't yeah. check my hormones and, you know, in all fairness, the medical profession really isn't taught to check the right hormones. You know,
1: no, then? no. And, and well, I mean, you're, you were, you know, that's, that's your, that was your career, but like, you know, that you're taught it's more of a acute care, right? You have, mm-hmm. a, you have 10 minutes or less with the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so you just want to make sure that they're going to be, you can treat them and street them and they're going to probably be okay. And hopefully be okay. And then move on to the next patient. Cause you have 30 people to see in a day. So mm-hmm. it's tough to wrap your head around or, or, or start to talk to somebody in depth about like, look, this is called perimenopause and I'm going to sit down and explain it to you. We're going to test your hormones. We're going to work through it. Um, it's unfortunately a lot of doctors just don't even have time for that.
0: No, they don't. And they don't even know what perimenopause is. Would you want to give us a definition of perimenopause yes. <laughs> So that yeah. if there are any doctors listening, they'll learn.
1: <laughs> they will learn. And so I had a, a good for a colleague of mine in, in Northern California sent me the funniest is a couple of years ago. She said, my patient who's 50 just got back from her OBGYN, who is a female OBGYN, who said perimenopause doesn't exist. There's no such thing. And all women go through menopause at 52 years old, give or take a year. And that's that. And we were just hysterically laughing. We thought that was the funniest thing because I thought this is a trained OBGYN who is female herself Wow! who completely blew off the entire thing. Doesn't exist, not real and wait till you're 52. It'll stop girl, what are you serious? Wake up! I know. I know. <laughs> like, and this is what's wrong with the education. So perimenopause is a transitional state you go through. So we went through puberty and our teenage years to, to, to bring us in, to start our period, develop our breasts, you know, change our body shape, do all the things. And then as we get older, we have to back out of it. <laughs> so it's reverse <laughs> yeah. puberty. It's called perimenopause. And it's this transitional state that often hits women between their 40s and 50s, where the things are not as consistent as they used to be. So their cycles aren't as regular. Maybe they are skip cycles. Maybe they come every two weeks. Their symptoms change. So instead of PMS, now they're getting hot flashes and night sweats. Now they're getting, you know, they can't remember. They're having to create lists. Their mood maybe is changing. Their libido maybe is changing. Their skin is changing. The number of women who tell me, Why am I developing adult acne at 50? This is ridiculous. I'm like, because it's reverse puberty. You had it coming in. Sadly, we're going to have it in some instances going out. And so it's this transition state until you hit what's called menopause. Menopause, the true definition of menopause is you don't have a period for 12 solid months. On the 13th month, you are considered menopausal. You can still have symptoms, you can still be hot, flashy, night sweaty, angry anxious, dry. But if you, if you don't have a period, you're considered, you're considered menopausal and it's all around, it's a reproductive thing. People say, why, why do we like, what's the point? And it's because to puberty puts you into reproduction, whether you want to reproduce or not, it's doesn't matter. I don't, I never, I didn't reproduce. I'm not looking to get pregnant. Um, but my body being, you know, XX, that's what I do is like, every month. That's what my ovaries and brain and and uterus prepare for. So purity puts us into reproduction. Perimenopause is the start to come out of reproduction. Menopause is, we're completely out of reproduction. Unfortunately though, due to a number of reasons, we have crazy, crazy symptoms a lot of the time if left unchecked. And that's where the struggle is. And how early have you seen women go start perimenopause? So they call it early menopause if it starts um before thirty nine years old so um there's a lot of debate uh, right now as to women in their thirties, especially their late thirties, are already starting the process. they just don't realize it yet mm-hmm. um, but then it it really i find, and you probably do too it depends on like family history, if you know it. So like if your moms and aunts and grandmas, like they all went through menopause late in their fifties, my mom went through menopause in her fifties, mm-hmm. really good chance. I am as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas I have other friends in like everybody, all the aunties mom, right. The oldest, like everyone went through at 45. So my right. friends are like, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, it so, so I, but technically once you hit 40, like yeah, it's all, it's all fair game. You could start to go through perimenopause. However, I will say this, it's not a death sentence and it's not doom because a lot of things affect it. So for example, if you are, and that was a perfect example, if you're super stressed out, that's going to amplify the bad symptoms. So you might think, oh my gosh, I'm 42. I have all these symptoms. I'm, you're talking about you guys, this, oh, I can't believe I'm so young in perimenopause it could be the fact that we're in a you know pandemic and it's massive stress and it's worsening the situation. If we weren't in a pandemic, you might not be having these crazy symptoms. They may mm-hmm. wait for several years. So there are things that can absolutely amplify in a negative way. The things that you eat, um, the way that you do or don't exercise, how you do or don't sleep, uh, the chemicals that you're around, the relationships that you have, all of these affect how you're perimenopause So I always tell women, I want you to slide or glide into it. I don't want you to slam into it. We're trying to avoid the slamming when it comes to this transition.
0: Oh, <laughs> if, if only the world would know about this. So yeah. many
1: women would not be put on antidepressants. Yeah. Yeah. Can I read me- a I read a statistic and you probably have too that. I, and it was a tongue in cheek. A, a woman wrote this article. I wish I could give her credit. I would, if I could remember it, it was an article she wrote and she said, I bet, I bet that if men are partners, if partners understood perimenopause and the transition, there'd be a lot less divorces. There'd be a lot less, mm-hmm. um, breakups, so to speak, because in this transition time, Calling all women,
0: are you feeling depressed, anxious, lacking in energy, having problems sleeping all night long, waking up with brain fog or maybe even hopelessness, and you know that there is a better you that wants to come out? Hello, it's me, Dr. Isabel, and wow, if any of this sounds like you, I get you. I have been in this place and I really wish someone who really knew what I was going through would have been there to help me through to the other side of that deep, dark place. That's why I started the Shame-Free Anxiety and Depression Community for Women Only. It's a free and private Facebook group. Would you like weekly coaching to help you become your best self? And how about be inspired and encouraged by other women in the community? We now know that we grow better in community and not alone. The link is in the podcast description, or you can search in Facebook for the Shame-Free Anxiety and Depression Community for Women. It's free, it's private, and it's safe. I hope to see you there soon. And now, back to the podcast.
1: But then they don't come out of puberty, whereas is we do. And so, I've even I explain to my husband all all the time. My poor husband, who's not medical at all, but he knows a lot now. (laughs) Either is mine, right? Like they're experts now, and I'm like, babe, like you have to under like this is what can happen. I'm doing the best I can. I'm in the field. I'm trying really hard, but you know, as I. In you know over the course of the next ten years, it's possible I might pop off. <laughs> it's probably hormonal. <laughs> Love me anyway. <laughs> yeah. Don't take it seriously. Don't take it seriously. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But it's are, true. There are it's...
0: marriages that are ended because of hormone problems.
1: Yeah. And I had patients. I'm sure you did too. Who came? You know, they were in their fifties or even sixties. Who looked back and went, "Dang. Yeah. I wish I knew. I wish. I. I think we. Um, I could have avoided avoided a divorce. I think." Um, and I'm not, I don't mean to, I don't mean like, like to give the blame all to the woman at all, but mm-hmm. I think it just amplifies stuff you already had in your relationship. When you're not, when you're on a roller coaster that completely changes and you already have some stuff in your marriage, like a relationship, like, wow, that just makes it all worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially cause so many women are just like, here's an antidepressant or Hey, good luck. Or, you know. I don't know what to tell you. Like they just get blown off. And it's so not fair. If they didn't get blown off. If they got educated, if they got help, yeah. it would I think it would just help a lot. And that's what we're
0: doing. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah. I remember listening to one of your interviews or you were teaching me on a webinar um, that you had been working with your doctor and about the cold showers. You were doing the oh, cold yeah. shower. <laughs> so I, Cause I just started like last month. I'm up to a minute and a half right now, but I just, I'm doing it for fat burning because I just want to make sure I stay under 25% body fat for the rest of my life, because it increases our risk of breast cancer and a whole lot of other stuff. So I learned, you know, about cold shower. Tell me, how are you doing with your cold showers? And are you still (laughs) doing them? How
1: long Uh, are you doing it for? (laughs) So in 2020, I decided I wanted to be more resilient. So cold showers serve one of two purposes one is to improve resiliency, reduce inflammation. Um, it does a number of like positive health immune things on the flip side. If you allow a cold shot, anything cold, if you get the shiver response, if you start to shiver, then that activates what's called our Brown fat. So we have a lot of white fat, but it's our Brown fat that help. Um, they can help significantly with, with, uh, burning, so to speak, thermoregulation and, and, and burning of calories and and energy expenditure to get technical. So when you shiver, you rely on your brown fat to keep you warm, but that, and then in the process helps with weight loss. So for people who are listening in very cold environments that are like, heck yeah, I I shiver all the time. Then (laughs) this is what you're doing. If you resist the shiver, If you stand in the cold water and resist the shiver and do the breathing thing, then you go the other way. You do the resilience thing. So I was doing it for the resilience thing. So I got, I, I read, uh, the account of a woman who was also looking for resilience. Um, and she said, I got in the shower, did my shower, and then I gradually turned it to cold cooler and then eventually cold water and, and stayed in there to suppress the shiver and get more resilient. And I thought it was the dead of summer, which was really helpful because it was hot out. So I thought, I'm just going to get in cold water. Like I've done it before. We learn about it in naturopathic medical school. I've totally done cold showers off and on my whole life. So I thought I'm going to do it one song. So I'd play a song and I would get right. I would just march myself right in the cold shower. And it was wonderful. And I did it all the way through about to probably about Christmas of 2020. And then I decided I needed a little more warmth in my life. And then I just ended in cold showers. So now I predominantly just end in cold shower. So I start out hot and then do the last bit yeah. cold. Yeah, that's what I do. Yep.
0: How long do you stay in the
1: cold? It varies on how much time I have available. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it also depends what I'm doing. Um, and so, it, so it, it can be three minutes, you know, and it wow. might just be 30 seconds because that's literally all I have. I'm running late by my I, own fault. So yeah. Yeah and I I wash my face in cold water like I I use warm water initially to open pores but then rinse with uh cold yeah um cuz it it's the same hot and cold water for for if everyone's like you sound crazy why would I do that so hot and cold water makes your blood vessels and your um your lymphatic system it basically makes them expand right hot opens things and then cold constricts. So it's like having, it's like improving the pump system through your body and uh, improving uh, circulation Mm. and getting things moving. And so it's a nice, like you definitely feel revived revitalized after the end and you got everything moving and churning and circulating. So you improve any kind of stagnation. So if you have stagnation in your lymphatic system, stagnation in your skin, stagnation anywhere that hot and cold alternating, can be helpful. I mean, think about it. Sports people use it all the time that you, you, you know, hurt your knee. What do you do? You, you put oftentimes cold, yeah, you either put nice. hot or cold, depending what your doctor tells you and how far away you get a big bruise, you know, like you might alternate hot and cold, depending what you're doing. And so it's the, just whole body that I was using it for. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're getting the shiver response, if you,
0: I do, the cold, but then start I start
1: shivering. breathing, but
0: then I just slow down my breathing just so <laughs> that I, Just so that, okay, I love this. This is good. I get to get a cold shower, you know, the whole, the whole mind. Oh, I love this. This is great. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. And then believe it or not, by
1: the end of it, I'm actually hot. By the end of it, I loved it. So it took me 30 seconds to adjust. Yeah, I was doing it all last year. It took me exactly about 30 seconds to adjust. Once I hit the 30, if I could get in there for 30 solid seconds, then it didn't bother me at all. It could be as cold as cold could be. And I didn't notice it. It felt great. Yeah. Yeah. My hair was better. I had so many people write me and say, Oh my gosh, I washed my hair and conditioned my hair in cold water. It made a difference in my, in my hair strands, um, skin. I had a lot of people who people, you know, people were joining me last summer and they were like, wow, my skin has gotten better. I just, I just feel better. My focus is better. Like I don't need as much caffeine and it's amazing what people would write when they were doing it.
0: Mm. Well, thank you for turning me on to that, and yeah. uh, I was like, "So, yeah, I feel very hot at the end, so it must be I'm burning that fat." Yeah, right? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. Um, I've been. Have you heard of Dr. Dale Bredesen? He wrote yeah, the book The End Bredesen, of Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been trained. I'm a Recode 2.0 practitioner. Wonderful in, in that functional medicine practice, and um, we talk a lot about. Women, unfortunately, mm-hmm. two thirds mm-hmm. of the of the people with Alzheimer's are women. Mm-hmm. And if you know the protocol, one of the one of the areas, the type, is hormones.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Carrie, it's amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's
0: amazing how many women mm-hmm. I do the test, the Dutch test. Hey, I do the Dutch test on men too. Because oh, of course, Yep. yeah, yep. Um, yep. And thank you so much for teaching me how to understand all that. And the practitioners at Dutch test and Carrie, it's so sad Mm -hmm. to see how many women have like no estrogen, Mm -hmm. no progesterone. Their DHEA Mm -hmm. is just flat Mm -hmm. and, and doctors don't realize, okay, you're over greater than 65. We're not going to give you any hormones.
1: Or even, even at a younger age, they could be 45, they could be 55, um, that study that came out years ago, you know, the Women's Health Initiative is is what really kicked off that estrogen is evil and women should just suffer. Ultimately, it was like don't go on any kind of hormones. Hormones are bad. Period. And since that time, and and everyone listened. I mean, how could you not? Right? Like the study said, it it caused breast cancer and it caused stroke and it caused all sorts of heart or um uh brain issues. And so everyone stopped, came to a screeching halt when it came to taking their hormones. And since that time, wow, have we come a long way. Mm-hmm. A lot of retraction has happened. A lot of follow-up studies to say like, well, that was bogus, you stupid study. You know, that's not true at all. There's, um, there's a, a doctor, Dr. Doreen Saltiel, and she's done two menopausal hormone therapy. So MHT webinars that I've watched where she literally combs through all the literature. I, I know her. She's, she's fantastic. She's, she's, a, a she lawyer. Like, she's a She's, lawyer. Like, she's, a she's lawyer. an MD a cardiologist and a lawyer. She's an interventional cardiologist. And I, she's lit. she's like, I don't have a, I don't have a horse in the race. I'm just combing through the literature to see what's the truth from a lawyer point of view as a, but as an MD, and I just love listening to her because she's no BS. Mm-mm. She breaks everything down like a lawyer would. And, um, she's in, if is, is now it, as long as you're doing follow-up work, right. And as long as you don't have major risk factors, she's a fan of hormones. I mean, she's like, it protects your skin it protects your heart, your brain, mostly your brain. Right. Like it just it helps so many aspects, There's your marriage, so much- There's so much research out there on when women become menopausal, um, how like all our protective effects come to a screeching halt. There's all this research about like males, this and males that even, um, I've been reading about like bone health, osteoporosis, bone muscle strength, how women, um, Deposit fat, you know, estrogen makes us pear-shaped. Mm-hmm. And then um, as we get menopausal, we switch and become more glucose insulin problematic, and we get yeah. apple shaped. And it's so it's like our bone health, our muscle strength, um, our shape, all of it like flips in menopause because we lose out on these hormones. And it's really sad to me that it's not talked about. Um, or that old study is still quoted as the Bible of. Well, I don't do hormones because it causes cancer, and I want everyone to listen and or to listening to know. Um, it's not estrogen that causes cancer. Everyone's no, it's not estrogen. Estrogen the estrogen. Cancer. It's the it's 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 what your how your body is handling the estrogen and everything else. I read this quote that's like cancer. The formation of cancer is an unfortunate um sort of conglomeration of. Uh, how you process your hormones right toxicity in the world and genetics so you could have next to zero estrogen but if you were set up to be a cancer maker you can still get cancer you mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just so unfortunate and so but as you know like there's tests to do and there's things we can help to be preventative Mm-hmm. minimize the risk we mm-hmm. can't zero the risk but minimize the risk mm-hmm. and quite honestly given the amount of estrogen light chemicals in the environment that's not hardly ever talked about in can it's getting more and more uh research now for sure you know think everything from plastics and phthalates and synthetic fragrances think about candles i mean even just you know people have pumpkin spice candles this time of year and um They're burning it or they're setting it out so you can smell it. They have all the plugins around their house and they have plugins in their car. That's estrogen-like. So it's turning on your estrogen receptors. It's affecting your endocrine system, your system of hormones. And Mm -hmm. they're called endocrine disrupting hormones. So we don't want that system disrupted anymore. Stop disrupting it. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it, everybody. It's it's a lot more global than just micro-focusing in and saying, estrogen's bad. Don't be on it. It's like, right. ooh, maybe we should find out why the body is taking estrogen and doing what it does with it. Let's step, mm-hmm. let's step back.
0: Mm-hmm. Very good. Good point. That's a very holistic point mm-hmm. of looking at it. Um, let's talk about mold. Mold, Ugh, mold and the brain. I know, I know. So with, yes. when I'm taking care of my, pe- my peeps and doing the protocol, the recode protocol, one of the other areas is toxins, you know, mm-hmm. that can cause mm-hmm. us to get dementia and cognitive decline and early Alzheimer's. And mold is one of the biotoxins. Can you mm-hmm. talk to us about how mold affects, actually disrupts, Hormones,
1: yeah. Oh my gosh. So mold is very inflammatory. So anything by inflammatory, I mean that it like turns on our immune system. Our immune system has to deal with it. Mold comes in for whatever reason, and our immune system is like, Ah, crap! I don't like you. Let's go after (laughs) you. And so it creates this inflamed state. Get you know alarms, fire trucks, everything. Sound the alarm. Get get the mold. Get the mold. And so when you are in this chronic inflamed state. Because the brain, the brain's, the brain's primary job in life is to protect you. It's not to make you happy. It's to protect you. And if you are a female, it's to protect you so that you have the best chances of getting pregnant should you want to. So now you've mold in the system. Mold has set off all the alarms. Your immune system is having to chronically go after it. So the brain doesn't feel protected. It doesn't feel safe. And it's going to affect the way that you do or don't make hormones. And so, so many men and women who are, are dealing with mold report a lot of hormonal disruption, whether it's their thyroid, their cortisol, their testosterone, their estrogen and progesterone. It's sort of across the board that mold can really just wreck it.
0: And it does. Mm-hmm. And you really, you really can't, it's really hard to organ, to fix the hormones until the molds removed. I mean, you can and. Do, do- and, and- Yeah. And everybody wants to do CPR. You can do CPR to the hormones, but you gotta, I mean, you gotta get rid of the mold and getting rid of the mold. Oh my gosh. Is that a big deal?
1: That's a big deal. And I don't think it's, it's, it's not fair again. It's not fair or fun. Um, but yes, it is. It's can be very challenging. It can be very long, especially if you, some people realize 10 years later, Oh my gosh, I've been living in a moldy house for 10 years. What's well, 10 years of mold accumulation you've got to work on in your body. Right. And, or, um, uh, sometimes even longer. I mean, I've had people that are like, whoo, I was raised in this house. I live in this house and I did not realize 30 years later, I am completely afflicted by mold. And so don't think it's an overnight. Don't think it's a, you know, a quick tea, um, a cold shower. That's gonna just magically. <laughs> I rid wish. Yeah. We have to really we have to help with the whole process of one, getting rid of it two detoxifying it. And then three with your immune system, like with retell your immune system and the brain, like, okay, it, like it's gone now, hopefully let's calm down. So it's a very mm. multi-step process.
0: It is a multi-step. Process.
1: Not fair. It's not fair at all. Trust me. I know it's not fair. Have you gone through mold? Have you had, I have not gone through. Nope. Mold is not. Um, I'm more of a histamine person as opposed to a mold. Uh, mold has not affected me. Knock on wood. Yes. And you probably, you
0: probably won't have any mold in Phoenix, Arizona either.
1: (laughs) You know, that's a good question. I actually, I've been told both ways. I have been told, um, that there is quite a bit of mold in Phoenix. And then I have been, because of the stucco homes, the way The homes are built there, the style of home that it tends to trap mold in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've been told the opposite because of that extreme heat that, um, but it's not wet unless it's monsoon season, Um, but there's not a lot of mold. So I don't, it's... I don't know, but I live in the Pacific Northwest. It rains all oh, the time. Oh yeah, I know, so I know, I know. I feel like if anyone's gonna be mold, it's, it's up here. <laughs> yeah.
0: I wanted to ask you uh, while we're landing this plane. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so what would you say, I'm gonna ask you two questions. What would you say, welcome to your forties and then what would you say, welcome to your fifties? I know you're not 50 yet, yeah. but you will one of these days.
1: Uh, yep, I will. in six years I will be. So welcome to your forties. This is the, you can't get away with what you could get away with when you were younger. That's what I tell when you, you know, I've had more women say to me, I've changed nothing. I didn't change my diet, my lifestyle, my habits, nothing. And everything changed. I'm like, well, welcome to your (laughs) forties. So be prepared to make some changes. And now is the time, the best time to start to take care of yourself for perimenopause is in your thirties. But if you're already in your forties and the best time is yesterday. So just start and by take care of yourself, I mean, You were backing out of puberty. Remember how intense and how stressful and how long puberty took? You're you're backing out of it. So you are honestly going to have to rest more. You're going to have to say no more. You're going to have to be stronger in your boundaries and what you do for your boundaries. You're not going to be able to get away with the amount of alcohol you drank or the amount of carbohydrates you ate or the amount of sugar. And I don't mean that as a like a shaming sort of thing. I mean, literally, as you go through perimenopause, the way you process stuff changes. Your liver changes. How you handle blood sugar changes. It's not fair. It's not fun. It is part of the perimenopausal process. And so how you exercise may have to change. If you are a, you know, all out crossfitter, spin bike, you know, you just, you know, you run fast, run hard, go for it that might be too much. You may have to find yourself cutting back because it's too inflammatory. It's too much. It's too stressful as you're going through this, this change. So in your forties, um, my, like, if you boil it down, it's take care of yourself, but no joke, like put yourself first, not just in the top, you know, five of your family, but like first, because otherwise you're going to be pouring from an empty cup very quickly as you found out, but in your fifties, because in your fifties depending on when you go through menopause, because some women go in forties and some women go in their fifties. So when you're in your fifties, it's even more important because we're thinking about heart health and bone health and brain health and skin health and like longevity at that point. And when you, when you get in your fifties and you really are staring menopause in the face, and I don't want you to have a broken bone or a fracture, and I don't want you to get you know, start to develop dementia-like symptoms, and I surely don't want you to have to go on blood pressure medication and and suddenly have to get some cardiovascular workup if we can avoid it. So I it's I want to teach women like we have to take this very seriously um, because it's coming, and there are a very small percent of women that God bless them do glide naturally through menopause. I mean, I either they're in the denial or they just have fantastic, <laughs> amazing genes. We need to bottle up and sell. But I have it. A few women go. I've never had a hot flash. Like my menopause was pretty easy. You know, I'm like great, wonderful. Not talking to you. Yeah. The majority of women. <laughs> Me <either. laughs> yeah, The majority of women are going to experience something at some point, and I just want them eyes wide open. Of oh, this is what Isabel and Carrie were talking about. Okay, and it may come and go. You may get it for a week and it goes away. You may get hot flashes for a month and it goes away, or you may get them. And if you don't do anything about it, they don't go away. So just, and know there's a lot out there. There's a lot of education. Mm. There's a lot of resources like you Mm. and me and a lot out there to help guide you. And if you have a practitioner who doesn't believe you and doesn't understand perimenopause and menopause, if you like them, keep them for the acute stuff and find another practitioner who understands hormones, totally fine. It's okay to have multiple people in your medical team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're the CEO of your health. A hundred percent. You know, yep. and, and when
0: you see the doctor, make sure that doctor understands bioidentical hormones. You don't mm-hmm. want to be placed on Provera, which is a synthetic progesterone. And that is one of the big causes of breast cancer too.
1: And that came out in that study, that WHI Mm -hmm. trial that did, that for sure has been shown that the Provera addition is the big problem.
0: Huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just make sure the doctor understands bioidentical hormones. And if not, then seek the right doctor.
1: Yes. And there's great options. Yeah. Um, I had somebody, um, it, just because it's bioidentical, it doesn't necessarily have to be compounded. So we have, we have pharmacies, we have a typical pharmacy, and then we have what are called compounding pharmacies. And compounding pharmacies make it up for you, as mm-hmm. opposed to it's off the shelf.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you just mm-hmm. go buy it off the shelf. So there are some great prescription bioidentical, right? There's like the patch. I and I have women who um, get very upset. You know, they're like, "Oh, my doctor prescribed the patch. I had to pick it up." at my pharmacy, Walgreens, Rite Aid. CVS, it's okay. And, and they freak out. It's that must not be bioidentical. I mean, no, it is. It is. It is. It, I it use is. it. There, I use the patch. right? And, and there's a progesterone. It's called Prometrium. And I'm like, no, 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 it is. It is that one. That Prometrium is good. That's a good one. It yeah. has peanut oil in it. So be careful if you have a peanut allergy, but there are, you, you don't necessarily have to get it compounded, but you can. So there's great options out there.
0: There are. And down here in New Zealand and Australia, the um, bioidentical progesterone is called Utrogest, Utrogestin. So you you can use that. And uh, yes, it's a little more expensive, but hey, you're worth it,
1: lady. <laughs> <laughs> you are worth it. Remember, yes. you're going to put yourself as number one now. Now you're just not like in the top group. You're like you're at the top of the group at this point. You're way above the dog and the kid and you know the partner. Yeah, the because like,
0: uh, at the top. Because I'm telling you, if mom's not good or the wife's not good, life will not be good for anybody because (laughs) you just can't help it. You're, you're, you you
1: try as much as you can, but yeah. And like you said in the beginning, which I loved as humans, not even just as doctors, as humans, we are taught to push and persevere, Mm. right? Mm. Like We are taught just burn the candle at both ends. It's fine. And you will find when you hit your forties and fifties, you cannot. And a, and nowadays, a lot of people are finding they can't in their thirties. They're like my forties. I can't even do it at 35. Like I can't burn the candle at both ends at 35. I'm like, you better clean that up now, find an expert, get some education, because when you do hit your forties, it was gonna, It might, it might be rough. And I don't want it to be rough. I want it to be smooth for you.
0: We'd love for it to be smooth for all of you ladies.
1: And if we, you and I had a magic pill, we would, we would just airdrop it across the world. right? Like we, would not, we would just put it in the water supply. We are not holding anything back. People ask, well, what's the magic pill? For I, if, I swear, if I had like one pill, I would just give it to everyone. I'd give it away. I would make no money on it because just be easier.
0: <laughs> Everybody would be better.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Everybody would be better. Not um, that simple. What, what three action steps before we end, what three action steps would you like to give the listeners so that they can start winning right away? I know you've given a lot, but three big kapows,
1: (laughs) three big kapows. Um, one of my, my very first number one, and I have it on the sign behind me is healing happens at joy that says healing happens at joy. So when I said earlier, the brain's main job is to, uh, protect you not to make you happy. That means you have to go find happiness, so when you are in a not safe, I don't feel protected state of mind, when you're fight or flight, mm. what helps get you out of fight or flight and what helps ground you is when you are plain, when you are joyful, when you're in your community. And so I know it's a little tough right now, but do what you can to find real laughter, to find joy, to, to find your community, because then that helps tell the brain, I'm okay, like I feel safe. And even if it's for... Five minutes because you're looking at the funniest memes that your sister sent you. That counts. Every little bit helps. Don't think you have to find joy all freaking day. If it's a little burst throughout the day, it makes a big difference. So healing happens at joy. It helps push you out of the fight or flight into the calmer rest, digest, repair part of your mm. body. Number two, sleep fixes everything. So definitely seek help. (laughs) Yeah. If you're not sleeping.
0: (laughs) I love sleep. If I didn't sleep, I would not be alive.
1: (laughs) Yes. And take it seriously. Get off your phones and screens before bed. If you feel like you need to be in bed by 830 night, do it. It's okay. You're an adult. It doesn't matter what time, you know, like go to bed when you need to go to bed. And, um, and seek help. If you're not sleeping, don't be afraid to seek help. Don't think you're going to outgrow it or it's just a phase because as you are in your forties and fifties, I, we want you to take sleep very seriously. You repair as a human, you repair in your sleep, your brain detoxes in your sleep, not in the day at night when you sleep, or if you're a night shift worker, it's when you sleep. So, um, Sleep. So that's number two, and then the th- the the third thing, and I've and I've already said is that you're going to start using the word um, no or no thank you, more and more and more. You're going to set boundaries because who is 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 busy go getter women. We're usually like sure I can do that. Not a problem. I'll put that on my plate. I'll hand. You know what? I'll just do it because it'll get done right. Like move, uh, <laughs> just let me handle it. Right. Now, mm, Nope. And it's going to be real hard for a lot of women, but you're going to say no or no, thank you, or not at this time more. And because you're going to open more space on your plate, you're going to open more space in your uh, your journal, in your, in your calendar, your diary, because, um, because you need it. You need the breathing room as you hit your forties and fifties. You need to rest when you need to rest and you need to let the body know that you feel safe. And it's just going to feel good When you realize like you have some more breathing room in your schedule and you're not always going 10 out of 10 and super stressed out and, you know, burning the candle at both ends, that's not going to do your hormones any good. So the third actionable thing is you're going to start saying, no, no, thank you. Not at this time more often.
0: Beautiful. I love it. (laughs) I I will take, I'll take that prescription.
1: Right. Same here. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm the greatest at it, but I I'm trying. I'm definitely trying a lot. I'm not trying. I am making it a conscious effort to say no to more things or schedule more buffer into my day mm-hmm. so that I'm not back to back to back to back to back that I do have 30 minutes here, an hour here, or 15 minutes here for breathing room. And it's made a big difference. It Every really- time I do it, I'm happier.
0: I'm so glad that you're doing this in your forties. Yeah. Well, we don't have a choice, do we? <laughs> I'm just, I, I I, I congratulate you for doing it now in your forties because your fifties will be easier. Your sixties and oh. gosh, what's it going to be like when we're a hundred? Could you imagine
1: you and I, pod- oh. I'll be a hundred. You'll be 90 and we'll go, Hey, remember. I, I, <laughs> Cause our brains will be sharp because we'll have taken all our own advice. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Now, Carrie, where can everybody find you?
1: Instagram is where I love to hang out the most. I am at dr.carryjones. Um I do a lot of education. It's all free on Instagram. All around hormones, um, pretty much estrogen, progesterone and the adrenal glands, cortisol, DHEA, testosterone. So that's where I hang out the most. And then at dutch. The 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 test we talked about, dutchtest.com. Every educational thing on there, webinars, podcasts like this one, Um, We'll be on there every, you can watch whatever you want to watch and learn whatever you want to learn. We just put it up there for people. Thank you. And
0: this will, all all those links will be in the show notes. All right. Well, I hope you're going to go have a little rest now. Yes. Get a snack. (laughs) My afternoon, afternoon snack. Cool. And I'm going to go for an hour walk all by myself. And then I'm going to call my mom. And then I'm going to go for another hour walk with my girlfriend. And that's that's amazing. Uh, Yeah, that's my (laughs) two hour present. And then... Then it's that.
1: full on. You know how it goes. Oh, yeah. My, my husband texted me. My, we, my, we both work from home. Yeah. Um, and he texted me that the dog is dying of neglect. Our dog is the most spoiled dog in the whole world. Um, he said the dog is dying of neglect. So we will take the dog for a walk.
0: Oh, cute. <laughs> how cute. All right. Well, thank you so much. Remain unstoppable. You're doing great work and helping millions of people. Thank you so much for, for your
1: wonderful work. Oh, you too. Thank you, Isabel. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review.